0: worth deleting the app for.
1: The Datable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that The Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, U.S.U., former dating coach turned dating sociologist. you also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik as we explore this crazy datable world. What's up, Datables? Welcome to another episode of the Dateable Podcast, where we explore every crevice of modern (laughs) dating, including why people do the things that they do. We are still in the off season, but we have these fantastic bonus episodes for you, and also gives us a time to enjoy the summer, Julie. It's summertime. Hot Girl Summer. I know. I still can't believe it's July.
0: Cancer season, the best ah, season. and guess who's <laughs> a cancer?
1: Miss Krafchick <laughs> herself, hat birthday month. Do you do the birthday month thing? I mean, this year I'm getting a little bit
0: of a delay because I mean, we're recording this before this will go out so by the time this goes out my birthday will have passed.
1: But <laughs> We're recording this we in the are... future.
0: <laughs> but yes, I am doing a birthday dinner tomorrow night with my boyfriend, which will be very nice. Ooh. And then I'm going to do a birthday brunch and park day with some friends. Definitely will miss you UA wish you were here. Well, you know. at spirits uh, it was funny this year I'm like I'm not gonna do a big thing like it's not like a milestone birthday it's kind of like I'm just getting older and <laughs> big three eight which is terrifying I'm officially in my late 30s it's a great number
1: I realize you and your boyfriend have birthdays that are really close to each other we do we do he's a a
0: Gemini cancer on the cusp Oh. like the day he's like almost a cancer where is he
1: taking you for dinner
0: well we are going we are attempting to go to state bird provision oh you're my favorite but they don't take reservations so he's gonna wait in line at 4 p.m which is oh, very nice That's,
1: that is such a great gift <laughs> We do
0: have a backup if it uh fails. So that is equally it's um somewhere that I'm also really like. his place Octavia. So either way, it will be good. But we're fairly confident that we'll get in.
1: Did you request State Bird? Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not like he just knew I mean, he, for some reason. He likes
0: it also. But okay. yes, I did say I would like to go there.
1: And then you're going away. Oh
0: yeah. So I'm going away to the East Coast. So I will do an extended birthday celebration on Monday with my parents and yeah I'm going to be spending next time we check in I'll be in Vermont uh, doing a little getaway with my brother sister-in-law finally meeting my niece so a lot of really fun things in store
1: that's so fun well everyone wish Julie a happy birthday (laughs) on Instagram, (laughs) on Facebook slide slide into her DMs, slide into our DMs make her feel especially special (laughs) this July (laughs) it is her birthday month yes
0: I, I, I feel like I have a cancer through through and through. <laughs> what are
1: the traits of a cancer?
0: Definitely loyal, I think, mm-hmm. is that one of them. Uh, super, like, caring, very sensitive, uh, maybe a little moody. I don't think I'm super moody, but there's, like, a reason why it's the crab. And, but I think... <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> I think very romantic. You associate, like, the romanticism with cancers. Yeah, I think it's, like, you're very protective of loved ones is a big one. Yes. And homebody a bit, which hmm. I don't know if I'm, like, I a think full homebody. But I do care about my home. Kind of view a home as like your san- sanctuary, like where you reside a bit more. Right. More home focused, I guess. And then intuitive is another term Oh yeah. I think I'm pretty intuitive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Um, I was having this conversation and I think you could like argue, fit yourself into a box for any of them, right? <laughs> that's
1: little. true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's how they do um, astrology. That's how right. they do all the all the traits. So so that you cling on to like one or two that you're like, that is so mean.
0: Exactly. Because I'm looking at some of them and it's like vindictive. And I don't think I'm
1: that vindictive. No. So it's like some of them that you're going to find. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Whatever you want. <laughs> Do you notice the hickeys on my neck at all? Um, maybe it's no. not as <laughs> I did not notice them. But
0: please, please tell the backstory. I got some major action last night
1: from fucking mosquitoes. Oh, what the hell? That was a
0: letdown, UA. I thought there was going to be like a real hickey story happening.
1: I haven't had a hickey since (laughs) high school. I will love one. Just not from fucking mosquitoes taking my blood. Did I ever tell you
0: when I was in high school, I did this cross country trip where we took a bus around the US and it was a Jewish trip. So it was like with um, the Jewish youth group and we would stay in members. This is back in the day when I was a little more religious than I am now, or at least, you know, went on this religious trip. And we used to like stay with people like in the synagogues homes, like when we went to different cities and we went to Toronto and whatever reason, I mean, we were in high school, so that's probably it. There became a thing that all the guys were giving girls hickeys on the bus, <laughs> like as a joke. Like it wasn't even like like a sexual thing. Like they were like couples that were making out. Like it would just be random people. So we all showed up to like these parents' homes with like hickeys all over us. The people running this program were mortified.
1: Who started this trend? (laughs) I have
0: no idea. But whenever I think of hickeys, I think of
1: this. (laughs) Well, I guess I never asked you this. Did you ever go on Birthright? No, I never did Birthright. I feel like on Birthright, they encourage you to hook up. Up, right yeah because the whole point of
0: birthright is that they want you to feel connected to israel so you like marry someone jewish and like keep right traditions alive no i didn't go on birthright i did do this trip in high school and i was always like a reform jew so which is like the lowest level but what do you this- mean the
1: lowest level like-, <laughs> <laughs> what
0: <does that> mean? <laughs> like i guess least religious like i just it was more i identify culturally the more. most
1: jewish yes Okay, I guess
0: it. however you want to put it but then this trip it was like borderline orthodox which is like the top so we had to like pray like three times a day like we prayed at the Grand Canyon Japanese tourists were like taking photos of us
1: oh shit <laughs> yeah and you makes... all had hickeys on your neck
0: <laughs> yeah it was a clusterfuck it was super fun though I mean it was really great memories but it definitely it was a little intense like for what I was used to and yeah I did not go to birth right after I guess I got enough hickeys so I didn't need I didn't need <laughs> to go to Israel for a hickey I would like to go to Israel someday though I think it would be cool
1: wow I did not think this conversation <laughs> nope, nope. would go there this and is it the did. best
0: UA and I always like have like things that we want to discuss in the intro as But we also let it go freeform a little, which is always fun. And, you know, this week's episode is definitely a different format than Mm. we usually do. We had a blast on this podcast. So it was don't take bullshit from fuckers, which is an amazing name. It's a mouthful. (laughs) It's the best. I love the name because uh, I think that is a good motto to live by. Don't take bullshit from fuckers. So, this podcast is hosted by two comedians, Greg Barrent and Kane Holloway. And Greg is actually the author of He's Just Not That Into You, which is such a blast from the past. But we're going to have both of them on the podcast for season 13, which we're super excited about. We got some really great topics that we're going to cover with both of them individually, but they had UA and I in individually on their podcast. So as part of the bonus, we're going to rerun these episodes because I personally love doing this. I thought it was like a very different format than we're used to, but it was super fun and really funny topics that they just kind of dive into like things on Reddit and just like current events all related to dating and relationships. So hopefully you all enjoy the next two episodes that are going to be first UA and then my episode.
1: It's funny because we're all lumped into this category of dating podcast. Yes, but they're so different because theirs is so topical and they move from segment to segment. They talk about memes, which we yes. never do. We really should bring some memes in, Julie. But it's just, it's such a different way of delivering information. So I really love that we were able to be on theirs and they get to be on ours because it's, there's really no overlap of information being shared. It's completely nope. different show. Totally. This is a really fun one. I don't recall, I kind of blacked out at one point during this. <laughs> (laughs) interview because we talked about so many things and my mind was overly stimulated, but I know we talked about about some really funny shit. So, you know, you can't go wrong with two comedians.
0: Well, there is something about an engagement ring. We'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's definitely in my forte (laughs) engagement rings. Well, so that's the episode. We also have an exciting event coming up. We are bringing us back, just Julie and I, back for Mm -hmm. uh, another Sounding Board event for the month of July. We're calling this Second Opinion because have you ever received some advice from some friends or family members about your dating situation that you question? You <laughs> pause and think, do I like that advice? Does that make sense? Well, you need a second opinion, just like should you get that tooth removed? Maybe your dentist says yes, maybe a dentist says no. So let's just bring that back. It'll be Julie and I at this event, you all bring your dating situation situations, your uh, conflicts, problems, something you're stuck on, or just you you just want someone else to give you a third party's perspective on what's going on, Uh, you can do it at our second opinion event.
0: And if you haven't asked anyone yet, if you've been too shy, you can get two opinions, one and two, UA&I. So that is also a second opinion. Absolutely. I think right now is the perfect time because a lot of us are diving back into The scene. And that could be whether you're dating again or maybe like you have a partner that you met during COVID, but like things are different now. And you're just trying to navigate like life after COVID. I think this is a great time to bring those questions and, you know, you'll get our input, you'll get other members' input. It's going to be really fun. It's always a great time to bond with everyone. So, yeah, definitely check that out. It's going to be on July 22nd, which is a Thursday night. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, so make sure to join datablepodcast.com slash sounding board friends with benefits level and above to keep it intimate so we can get to everyone's questions.
1: And if you're too shy to ask your question in front of a group of people, you can always send you your question anonymously. Oh, we totally. We don't need to put you on the spot, you know. We can ask whatever you want behind We get a, a, a lot, lot of anonymous screenings.
0: questions. A lot we of love ones. anonymous <laughs> questions.
1: Speaking of anonymous questions, shall we do our question? I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, <laughs> this is not an anonymous question because we've received this from, we always ask questions that we've received from multiple people so that we can be more generous with our information. And this question specifically is very much tied to this episode you're about to hear. How do I get someone to commit it's a very generalized question, but I also hear the mm-hmm. undertone of this question is, how do I get someone to DTR? How do I get someone to only want to be with me? Or how do I get someone to be in a relationship with me? It's all of those questions rolled up into one
0: well, I don't think you could ever get someone to commit. Yeah. I think that is number one. Forcing that hand is never the best path, in my opinion. I think that is at all stages of a relationship. Personally, I think it's open conversation is the best path. Even the DTR conversation, I personally feel mixed on it. Like I know a lot of people are like, when's the right time to DTR? When should I have the DTR conversation? If you are asking the question, that kind of means like you're not even in the right place to be doing it. Like if it's so unclear whether someone's like seeing a bunch of people or not, that kind of means that like there's a little bit of a disconnect going on. And I personally think maybe the better approach is, like, what are you actually trying to get more of? Mm. Is it more time together? Is it a deeper connection? Is it you know, a feeling of security, like, what is that? And then have that conversation. Like, let's say you're seeing someone every two weeks, for instance, and you're like, I want to know where they're at to have a DTR is really the main thing that you just need to see each other a little more frequently. Maybe you should work on that before having this more like official commitment conversation. Because I think sometimes when things aren't going like organically, that's when, you know, like the, the conversations come out of left field and you don't get the answer you necessarily want.
1: That's right. The word commitment is also different for for different people. Commitment could just mean you want to see each other more frequently or commitment means you only see each other Mm -hmm. in a monogamous way. So one, I would try to define what a commitment means to me and why that kind of commitment is important. But to Julie's point, you can't force someone to commit to you. I've seen many relationships fail because of that ultimatum in the beginning. Either we are in a relationship as a couple or I'm ending this. And what you're doing is threatening your partner. That's not a great way to start a relationship no. because at any point during this relationship, they're going to think I was forced or I was tricked. I was scammed into this relationship out of fear. So yeah. I think you can't force someone to, to commit to you. And two, this question feels to me kind of like chicken or the egg. It kind of feels like, well, it... I want to get someone to commit to me so then I can commit myself to them versus if you truly want to commit to someone in the way that you want, then you commit to them first. You delete yep. the dating apps. You show them then that you're committed instead of waiting for them to show that back. Because if you do that, you're never going to get anywhere. The last thing you should be doing in this situation is to hold resentment because you expected something and you're not getting it. And two, forcing your partner to. Or putting your partner on the spot. Hey, in the next two minutes, can you decide, do you want to be in a relationship with me? That scares the shit out of people, even Mm -hmm. if they want to be in a relationship with you. We've, We've heard this on our podcast. We've heard this from our listeners. You never want to back someone into a wall. So go a level higher and think, what does commitment mean to me? And how can I show commitment to my partner? and see if they're on board with it.
0: Yeah, I think it's really fascinating how people talk about the difference between being exclusive yes. and then the difference of being in a relationship. And I think it goes back to like what you were saying, UA, is like, what is your definition? Because you still might not be on the same page if you're, you know, whatever your terms you're agreeing to, if you have different definitions of what those terms are. I mean, I personally think it's just best to have the conversation of like what commitment means to you or like what does being even exclusive mean to you like how do they differ are they the same like everyone has di- it's so interesting i feel like everyone has different, di- different definitions of everything like even people will be like oh yeah i dated this person then you find out they went on like two dates yes and, you yes. know it's like all the time. dated dated is such a loose term exclusive they're all such loose terms even though they're like defining things it's very fascinating the worlds we live in.
1: <laughs> also, when you set boundary, like ex- exclusivity does not show someone's state of mind, right? If I'm exclusive with someone, it doesn't mean that I'm automatically committed to them. It just means I'm no. only seeing them. But my right. emo- I could be committed to someone else emotionally. I don't know. So even asking for exclusivity doesn't exactly get to the true intent of being committed. So no. you have to separate the two and think Again, what is my intention here? Julie, you asked such a great question. Why do I want this? What am I Mm -hmm. actually asking for? The only part I would challenge a little bit is I do believe in the DTR conversation because Mm. it is about entering into a relationship and penning that contract as transactional as that sounds. Because I learned this the hard way. I talk about my boyfriend that I had in Beijing who didn't believe that being on the dating apps was a form of cheating. Right. It was not in his uh, vocabulary to even say cheating. But to me, that was ultimate betrayal uh, on his part. So if we can have the DTR conversation and set these I hate saying guidelines, but at least like Mm -hmm. contractual agreements or align on what we think makes a healthy relationship, then we can at least know where our boundaries are.
0: Just to be clear, I don't dislike the DTR conversation. I think it's important because it sets the intention. Mm -hmm. What my opinion is on it is that it should not come out of left field for either party. If it is, then I think there's more that you need to work on. Like if you're spending all your time with someone already, it's clear that you're heading in that direction, yeah. and I think like having the conversation of being like, oh yeah, like you're my boyfriend, you're my girlfriend, whatever, or we're exclusive, whatever that is. I think that is important because it does make both people like step up and be more committed to it. But that being said, like we hear, I feel like a lot of people fall to the DTR conversation when things aren't going their way. Right? Like they're like, oh, I, I, this person barely texts me. They never want to hang yeah. out. I, haven't I need to seen know them they want to be month. my. (laughs) right and it's like well you kind of have your answer there like what else can you do that's what i mean a little more like i think like i've had dtr conversations that have been like walking and it's like oh like you're my girlfriend right like like it's so obvious you know it's like yeah obviously and i think i mean i I thought it was nice like my boyfriend now and i we did like deleted hinge together and Mm -hmm. i thought that was like a nice ceremony that like did changed the tone of our relationship. It made us be like, okay, we're focusing on each other only. Mm -hmm. And it did change the intention. So I think it is good to have those milestones. But I don't think it's like a patch for when things aren't going well.
1: Right. It's all about the intention and you can't resort to it. Like when people try to save their marriages by getting pregnant, (laughs) you just can't do it. You can't force people into committing to you. Also, the surprise attack, nobody wants a surprise attack. Same with proposals. Nobody wants to be surprised when they're getting – the timing of the proposal should be or can be a surprise. But the idea right. of the proposal should never be a surprise.
0: Right. <laughs> That's I mean, the whole thing, I mean, this is like a whole other tangent that we should probably go into another day a little more deep. But I think sometimes, too, if someone's not on the same page at the same time as you, it doesn't mean that it's over either. Like, I've heard many of stories where, like, one person wasn't ready to get married yet, the other person really wanted to, and they kept the relationship going, and eventually they both got to that point. That being said, they were clearly already, like, Committed to each other. So I would never recommend like someone that's like never seeing any a person to be like, oh, I'm just gonna hold out hope. But like if they're seeing someone frequently and they're like, hey, I'm not there fully yet, like maybe it's okay to keep going Mm -hmm. with it. It's not always like hard, fast rules. But I think you know in your gut, like if someone's kind of on the same page as you or not.
1: Absolutely. You got to listen to your gut. I feel like I went through exactly that with my current boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He, I, We had the DTR. It was informal, but we had a DTR conversation. And he said, I only want to be with you. I'm not ready for labels, though. And yeah. I can work towards that. But the labels really scare me. And I... I was in agreement to that because labels don't mean much to me. But that's all I knew from previous relationships is that you jump into Mm -hmm. labels. And I think two or three months later, he just naturally started calling me his girlfriend. Right. And it it wasn't even like, oh, now we are officially boyfriend-girlfriend. It's like you naturally just evolve into that next phase, whatever that next phase could be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that happens with moving in together, with getting married. Like, there's a lot of stages after that DTR, too. I mean, just give someone a $28 ring and then call it a day, right, to bring it full circle. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't wait for people
1: to hear this $28 ring situation that's that's happening. Uh, I'm going to evolve away to think about tra- – speaking of transitioning and evolution, I'm going to transition into this other topic, which is something I learned recently, And it's sort of related to all of this, but I thought it was really useful to me. So I hope it's useful to all of you. Uh, I met this self-defense, I guess, master teacher. She is also a world-renowned martial artist. And I asked her, what is the first or the most important self-defense move that people can learn, especially in today's climate? There's some crazy shit happening. And she said, I'm going to surprise you, but it's breathing breathe what yes and she said this a lot and this is why i'm gonna bring this back to dating and to just (laughs) life she said in all of these situations where someone's getting attacked or if someone's in a a heated argument you always hear them say when they think about it in retrospect was i froze i didn't know Mm -hmm. what to do i did something but i can't remember because i blacked out she says it's because most people in those situations where they're put on the spot, where they're in a tra- traumatic experience, they stop breathing. And if you stop breathing, you can no longer, your body physically can no longer perform like it should be. So you can't get up and leave. You can't get up and run. So that was such a great learning for me because now in everything that happens, because there's shit going on, but also in dating, there things are just going to frustrate you. And you. Mm-hmm. everybody has these knee-jerk reactions. Well, I'm going to text back this. I'm going to say this. The first thing you need to do is just breathe and center yourself before you mm. act. And so that's my little mantra from now on. I mean, that's
0: a good life mantra. (laughs) Like anytime, I know that's happened to me even like when I feel like annoyed by something that someone did or I perceive something a certain way, taking that breath makes you at least calm down so you can have a
1: conversation and not just get accusation at them, right? And we've all been there, right? We said something that we didn't want to, you regret it later. And then you ask, why did I ask? Why did I say that? Why did I react that way? And now you can have fewer of those moments just by taking a a second to breathe. Mm. So maybe we can all breathe together right now because I'm hot. (laughs) 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 Inhale and exhale. (sighs) Exhale.
0: I definitely feel like I was much more short-tempered in earlier years of my (laughs) life. Of course. Like, so much more. Like, I feel like moving to California definitely, like, calmed me down a lot. Mm. But I think over the last years, too, just like, I think this podcast has helped a lot. But just, you know, doing the various self-work therapy has helped a lot. I think it's definitely a skill that can be learned. So if you do feel yourself having those knee-jerk reactions, it's definitely something that you can change about yourself so I definitely feel like I have
1: yes and it's a life lesson that if you want to ramp up you got to slow down first
0: okay any announcements that we have quickly probably just you know the given follow us on instagram at dateable podcast join love in the time of corona by the dateable podcast definitely get into the sounding board if you aren't yet the event on the 22nd uh, what else has been going on? We had a really fun live stream the other night
1: where we introduced our July member of the month, Lorita. She's so much fun, and she's so involved in the community, and always so positive and creative. She's the one with all the awesome funky date ideas. <laughs> if you need any good date ideas, you gotta go to Lorita. She's she's got it.
0: Oh yeah, Lo is the best. And yeah, I mean you could catch the replay on in the Facebook group. In Love in the Time of Corona. You could hear about the crazy date she had that I definitely shared this story of. I'll just I'll just say it's related to Bride and Group. We'll just leave it at that. It's related to this. Bride.
1: <laughs> it's a pretty funky story. She's just so much fun. Every time we meet up with her, she has a different story to share. She's a wonderful storyteller, but just a valuable member in our mm-hmm. community. And we can't be any more grateful for Larissa. Rita, congratulations to Lowe.
0: I love the Community Member of the Month because Lowe definitely embodies so many of the qualities. I think when I think of someone open-minded and willing mm. to try new do things, I definitely think of Lowe. So yeah, we always try to put these against dateable values. And every month we have a new member of the month that we do over live stream in the Facebook community. So if you're not in there yet, love the time of Corona, that's the place to be. So let's get into some messages from our sponsors.
1: Up until now, I feel like I have never been able to find the right shorts. Something that's stretchy, practical, durable, and cute. Well, thanks to Title IX, I found the one. Actually, more than one, because I've told you all about the Clamber shorts, and they're amazing. And now I've recently discovered their Clamberista shorts, which are made out of super stretchy, abrasion-resistant fabric, so they're basically indestructible. And thanks to a wide, comfy waistband and tons of pockets, I can wear them all day, no matter what I get into. They're basically badass shorts. Title IX designs and sells performance outdoor gear and apparel for women like us. You know, we're busy with life's many adventures. Right now, Title Nine's offering our listeners $10 off and free shipping on orders over $100 when you visit title9.com slash dateable. Go to title9.com slash dateable for $10 off and free shipping on your order over $100. That's T-I-T-L-E-N-I-N-E dot com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. I feel like there are a lot of questions around CBD and what it can do for you, so I want to clear it up right now. CBD is natural, it's safe, and it's effective. Recently, I was introduced to a CBD brand called Feels, which is a premium product that helps you keep your head clear and help you feel your best. I find it effective for two of my major pain points. One is lack of focus, and two is low quality of sleep. Feels offers a guide that helps with dosage for specific goals. So I just take a little bit to help me focus during the day, and I take double the dosage to help me sleep better at night. Since using Feels, I definitely feel a lot less anxiety. And if you're new to CBD, they offer a free CBD hotline to help guide you through the discovery process. And their hassle-free membership program offers a money-back guarantee if you don't start feeling your best. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash dateable and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash dateable.
0: Okay, so shall we get into it with Greg and Kane and UA's episode? Yay.
2: You're listening to "Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers" with your hosts Greg Barrett and Kane
0: Holloway.
3: you uh, you watch the Bachelorette?
1: (laughs) I just caught up about an hour ago. I have some cliff notes, but I can't name the contestants. But I have some reactions for sure you guys want to talk about yeah 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 Kane Uh, watches it
3: Pat won't do it uh, Pat won't do it Kane watched it for a long time he used to watch it with his wife and I never watched it till last year now I'm obsessed yeah I hate
0: watching that's why you watch it
1: it is the best shit show in the world it is so good it's like the most mentally unstable people in one room what else (laughs) can go wrong
3: (laughs) totally there's nothing worse than a bachelor doing a bit, trying to be funny. Oh my it just God. makes me, my ass ate my sheets. Like I just couldn't handle it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
2: Like, what did you think of everyone's intros and all that shit?
1: Can we just first talk about all of their job titles? What was that <laughs> one guy that was like a skin sales Sell skin, right? That he was sells sell- skin.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For reconstructive surgery, he sells skin. That is a job. That's <laughs> a job. Isn't that, isn't that wild? And then there was the one guy that was in charge. Of, he sold zippers, or he was a zipper salesman. <laughs> Just don't tell people you have a job if that's what you do.
1: <laughs> well, then just, just do the whole, you know, when people say they're like in medical sales, you can say medical sales and that can apply for so many things. But these were really specialty job titles. I was just kind of yeah. stunned. Like, where do they find these people?
2: I didn't see the skin salesman guy. I was too busy, just sort of like enamored with the fact. I feel like when you wear a costume, don't you immediately once like the gag is done, once you're like, hey, I'm a cat. and Just then- take it off. You're like in the party now and you're like, you take off the cat suit and the hat and the gloves, at least take the gloves off. Because like by the end, when he was getting his rose, he had his sleeves up. Like you knew that dude was hot.
1: (laughs) Did you see the makeout scene though? That was just so awkward. He's in his cat outfit. She's got her cat ears in. They're like fully tongue in, tongue out. So odd.
2: They were turned on. Like she was really turned on by it. It was like the hottest kiss out of all of them.
1: I know. (laughs) Yeah, it was a uh, it was just pussy on pussy action. I've never seen anybody <laughs> like that before. That was just the first time in bachelor history. I was just like, "What is that happening?" I don't know if I should be observing this. And the other guy that asked her, I think during their first talk or whatever inside the room, he's like, "You seem like a really good mother. You seem like you would make a really good mother." Yeah. What the fuck? Would you ever <laughs> say that to if you- I-, I was from the eighteen a- hundreds? <laughs> a- <laughs> a- yeah. You Your uterus bearing. looks really healthy. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to let you know. What about the dude that was
3: in a box and then that was it? That was the whole bit. He was in a box. And that production takes forever. So he had to have been in that box for like four hours.
1: Can you just imagine him selling the producers on that shtick? Uh, okay, guys, get this. I'm going to enter in a box <laughs> and I will stay in the box for the rest of the time. And all the producers are like, yes.
3: I mean you get out of the box that's going to be amazing.
1: It's going to be such a good reveal. Like if
3: it had been if the guy in the box had been somebody from another season like a surprise guest. Right. He was like a wolf of Wall Street guy.
1: Yeah, nothing special about. It, it was like go get back in the box. Stay mm-hmm. in, the box. in the box. And the guy that faked a British accent I couldn't get over that.
2: Oh, my God. If you can't do it, don't do it. That's, don't do it. Just don't Not do it. Not only that. that, but then he obsessed about it when
3: he talked to her. He was like, so you didn't think it was good? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I am pretty
1: good at it. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, my vagina dried up when he did that.
2: I was yeah. like.
3: <laughs> Mine too. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Awesome. I
2: can't even tell you what I can't even tell you
1: what my vagina did. <laughs> <laughs> Not safe for work.
2: <laughs> at first, I was like, "It's either like, or like a British dude who's been in America for a long time, so it's starting to fade away." Kind of vibe, or he got he was drunk at a party one time and he started doing it, and then one of his buddies was like, "Yo, that's a great British accent." He was just like, "Cool, no more work
1: needs to be done on this one." <laughs> <laughs> This is it. I'm good on this one. This is yeah. a panty dropper right here. <laughs> what a waste of two hours of my life. But it was good. It was good. It was entertaining. Every season, the most dramatic season yet.
3: Yes. Yep. And you know what? I miss Chris Harrison. Not at all.
1: <laughs> oh, but did you like that she was so surprised when Tasha and whatever her, the other girls' names were revealed as the hosts? Like, the, she knew. She we all do. How did she not know? Yeah, that's really dumb. What a moment! What a moment to craft for her.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, when they're like sneaking up behind her, like she didn't know. Like they had to do that a couple times. Where they're like, "Okay, that one was okay, but you didn't look as surprised, Taisha. And what's your name? You guys yeah. go back. Yeah. Try it again. <laughs> yeah,
1: take one hundred and six. <laughs> Can you be more surprised? <laughs> I also love that Taysha was like, really pay attention to the guys you're not attracted to. Because the guy I'm marrying, I was not attracted to him at all the first night. <laughs> so, yeah. Not in my top three at all. <laughs> Great. Good advice.
2: Maybe that's why she picked the catsuit guy.
1: Yeah. She's like, I'm really not attracted to this, but Taysha told me to be. So I'm going to go for it.
2: Or the guy that pulls out the sex doll with the longest setup in the history of jokes.
1: It was the worst payoff. I thought he was going to bring a puppy, a pet of of something, a kid.
3: I thought he had a kid, and then that's going to be a cool way to go. I'm a single dad or something like that. Yeah, he pulls that doll yep. out, and I'm like, I hate everything about you.
2: He named it, and the thing was, is like you knew it had a name because her dildo in the last season, when she was one of the uh, contestants, her dildo had a name. So he's like, okay, I'm going to do her joke verbatim. Oh my gosh. Beat for beat, but you can't keep a sex doll in your back pocket. No. Nope. So it's, it's like the moment when you have to walk back to the thing for the punchline. It's like, that better be the funniest thing you've ever thought of in your life. And if it doesn't make you laugh, don't do it. Just don't do that.
1: He's going down in history as the guy that brought the sex doll.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: The and
1: shitty sex
2: doll. Like the
3: old-fashioned sex doll. Nobody uses that anymore. There's those real dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a
2: robot? If a fucking robot got out and just walked (laughs) towards (laughs) her?
1: Yeah, we fuck. (laughs) Cool, man. That's awesome. Glad you weren't lonely during the pandemic. (laughs) Oh, shit.
2: That was so fucking funny. UA, uh, I listened to Dateable, your podcast.
1: Thanks for listening.
2: Yeah, I listened to today when you had a guy on about, uh, I forgot his name, but you you had uh, your guest on about pegging and I didn't know what it would be like, like, you know, a dating podcast, like maybe it's tips and tricks. So to tune in for that, to hear a guy talk about <laughs> pegging and looking for dominatrixes to peg him, I was shocked and surprised, but also it was a nice surprise. It was funny. I really loved it. It was a really great episode.
1: Kane, I thought you were going to start that sentence with, I didn't know what pegging was.
2: No, no. no i know i know what pegging is believe you me <laughs> greg
1: greg look at yeah, that thing. i knew what it was okay <laughs> Just making sure. oh yeah, oh, yeah. Just i mean it's, sure. un- it's
3: unclean <laughs> yes.
1: We've had a few listeners email us and DM us before they listen to the episode. Just want to clarify, what is pegging? <laughs> what does pegging mean? Mm-hmm. So for anybody who doesn't know, this is not something you want to Google on your work computer, but <laughs> it is It is informative to know. And how funny is that guy? Rockman is his name. That, yes. That's a guest we had on. His whole story is about how he found himself liking pegging with one of his girlfriends for his birthday, and it didn't go as planned for his birthday, but later he found there were other ways to pay for professionals to be your pegging companion.
2: Now, Greg, your birthday's coming up, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yes. Uh,
3: yes. That's right, in July. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. So, I don't know, man, maybe check out the episode and see <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you and Amir might want to link oh, up man, on I mean, I it's know. either that or a sex doll. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: you choose.
2: You and you do your uh you do your show with Julie Kraftchik, is that correct? Julie Kraftchik. Yeah,
1: and she'll be on the show too. It's right. Yeah, later
2: <laughs> she's coming on as a guest too. You guys have a great dynamic. I really love you guys' dynamic on the show. It was really uh, funny. So, and that's like another reason we wanted to have you on the show is like you guys are really good, and you uh we figured you guys would also be like good separate, and we wanted to like promote your show as well because it's such a really fun, interesting new dateable there's a lot of dating podcasts out there but yours feels like like two friends are really linked up and talking about sex and dating and i like it it's a great show
1: thanks so much you really uh, took a risk with us because we've never really been on podcasts without each other so oh. you know i could have totally been the biggest bore in the world <laughs> so you took your you took a risk with That's
2: us. True. <laughs> separating <Absolutely>. the two <laughs> We have a question in from Marcy, and she wants to know, am I being a fucker again, or is he coming in hot? Uh, Hello, Greg and Kane. Love the podcast. I look forward to hearing your banter every week. You keep me laughing while teaching me about myself. Pat, your laugh is contagious. After a relationship that spanned half my lifetime, I'm separated from my ex for a year and a half. Neither of us was faultless, but I was definitely a fucker. Since then... I've been working on myself all the while, making up for lost time. In Greg's words, I've been unclean. (laughs) (laughs) Dodging commitment, but being upfront about it. Dating without intent is tiring. So three months ago, I went on a detox and gave up all men to figure my shit out before getting back out there. Uh, Last weekend, I met a guy and right off the bat, he was into me, glued to my side and vowing to treat me right. I was inebriated, but we had a good conversation. What I remember. And we shared some of our past experiences, him being hurt in love repeatedly and me recovering after a non-functioning relationship. I saw him last night and he was just as sweet, but it's almost too much for me. He says he loves hard and is so committed that it's the other person that messes it up. He commented on my looks so many times both nights, so I can't decide if he likes what he knows about me or if he's blinded by my looks or the idea of love. Am I a fucker for saying it, but he's not who I pictured falling for and I'm not ready to commit? Hell, I have dreams of a hot girl summer. Surprise, I'm also a GGE fan. Most of my life, I've answered to someone or had to factor in another opinion, so I'm just now learning to make and trust my own decisions. I think the answer is to nip in the bud before someone gets hurt, but how? Am I a fucker for turning away the chance at love for selfish reasons? I couldn't sleep and for a split second thought of writing to my counselor, but nah, I need the sage yet blunt wisdom of the DTBFF guys. Thank you. That's from Marcy.
1: Marcy. Wow. I really felt her soul in that. Mm-hmm. really did. I feel like this is the prime example of love bombing when someone just showers you with affection and attention without really a reason why. And we see this with people who do this with every relationship they get into. And they play the victim of, hey, I showered you with all this love. You're the one fucking up this relationship. And I think she's.
3: Yeah, right. He's already targeting that. Yeah. He's already created the, I mean, he's already created the situation. Explain to her how it's going to go.
1: Exactly. And she's interchangeable. She's one of those faceless women that he's like, okay, here's another one. I'm going to love bomb her. I'm going to use the same formula. And if this relationship ends, it's her fault, no matter what she does. So, of course, in the beginning, it feels amazing. He's going to say all the right things, do all the right things. And it's not about her, though. (laughs) He's not doing these things. I, I would say, Marcy, really look at what he's doing. Is that tailored to you? Or is it just a very... General affection, general attention—that makes you feel good. And ultimately, I think we just all have to connect with our intuition. That entire message she just wrote was sounding like she was trying to get out. Right, the whole time she's like, "Ah, "I'm stuck. Get me out of this box." But Mm -hmm. the box feels good. It's like it smells nice. It's cushy. There's food in here, you know. But I, I feel trapped, Mm -hmm. and I feel that from Marcy. It's like this feeling of I can't breathe for some reason. I can't breathe, and I feel like I. I need to get out, but everything's pointing to, oh, things are going well. But listen to your intuition. I think your intuition is always right.
3: Yeah, it's really easy to compliment somebody's looks, and that doesn't say very much about you. It lacks a certain amount of depth. And I think men in particular, especially at the beginning, can't tell the difference between affection and just being so fucking horny, (laughs) you know, and just wanting to, and not knowing who's driving, really. You know, and so they feel like they're into it. But a lot of times it ends quickly, too, as soon as they come.
2: (laughs) Yes, we've said that many times. Yeah, that's uh, as soon as as you get like your faculties again and you're like, oh, but do I like this person? Like this person's hot and this person turns me on. Do I want to hang out? Do I want to hang out with them? Do I want to be with them? And uh, a lot of the times when they're writing us this email, it's usually a big no. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. Plus, also getting out of her long relationship, like she was saying, it's like you're starting to trust yourself. At this point, I feel like she'd rather date herself. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would in her situation. Like, I'd rather date myself, especially if like this love bomber comes in and this is, feels like would be my next relationship that's going to end. Is this one that's going to start and then fizzle? No, fuck that. I'd get out of that. Oh, and also, she wants to know how. Like, what's a way that she could tell him?
1: I don't even think you need to tell him. I think you just got to say, like, I think it's just being honest with yourself and saying, I need to get out of this relationship and just end the relationship. It doesn't feel like it's going down the right path at all. And I think get out before he brings on the love bombing part two, you know, a second. Oh, phase. Yeah, She
3: doesn't owe him an explanation at this point. No. Yeah. Just
2: simply say, hey, I'm not feeling it, you know. Or mm-hmm. she just ghosting. <laughs> I was going to say this is when we implement ghosting. <laughs> right here. Not yeah. all ghosting is bad ghosting and this is yeah. like good ghosting. Like Casper.
1: <laughs> this Casper. is a friendly. This is a friendly ghost. Yes. Hey, you want to hang out Thursday? <laughs> well, uh, smiley face smiley face. That's friendly never,
2: ghosting. Yeah, never get back to him. Ever. Just
1: no answer, but just like a <laughs> constant smiley face. <laughs> I love that. I
3: think that is a great way to ghost. Just keep uh, sending a smiley face.
1: Smiley face. <laughs> <laughs>
3: smiley face. What Why are you aren't doing? you talking to me? Smiley face.
1: <laughs> you know, and the other person's like, I kind of feel rejected and kind of feel happy at the same time. So like these mixed feelings.
2: Yeah, he's not being a dick. Yeah. You ain't sending smiley faces. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. It's positive negativity. Hey everyone, are you sick of taking bullshit from fuckers and want direct help from Greg and myself? We hold a bi-monthly workshop on Zoom for people who not only want to stop taking bullshit from fuckers, but want to recognize fuckers before they even smell the bullshit. We have helped many people from our workshops. Previous attendees have said, thank you for the tune-up DTVFF crew. I will definitely utilize this again and again. Go to don'ttakebullshitfromfuckers.bigcartel.com to secure your seat and stop taking bullshit from fuckers. You can also find this link in the show's description.
3: This is the theme song for what does this mean song? The theme song for what does this mean song? We'll read a South help quote and they're definitely not means. Means is something completely different than quotes. What's supposed to help you through all the bullshit in your life? It means like a poster of that cat hanging from a tree and it says hang in there baby or Mondays, am I right? Mondays, am I right? So if you can think of a different title, then we'll probably change it.
2: And there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Epic. It's so epic. Thank you. Thank you very much. It feels well, goofy we're every time. Listen to that once a week before we do this segment. <laughs> <laughs> it's longer every. Doesn't it feel longer every time? Yeah, it does. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's a good thing, right? I've heard that's mm-hmm. a good thing. <laughs>
2: yes. Sometimes, <laughs> um, we have a bunch today sent in from all over the place. We got listeners. Greg, you got some. Pat, yep. I think, has some, and UA, you brought some. So we got mm-hmm. we're loaded up. Would you like to hear some from us first, or do you want to jump yeah. in? With yours? Okay. Greg, what do you have? This is
3: from L, and it says, all suffering is either remembered or anticipated.
1: I don't know. I Watching two hours of Bachelorette the whole time, I was like, I'm <laughs> suffering right now.
2: <laughs> and you were very much in the moment.
1: I was very yeah. much presently suffering.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We got a two from Redhead Uncensored. As we gain confidence in ourselves, red flags are no longer red flags. They are deal breakers.
1: I don't love that one. No. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't motivate me. Because that, Mm-mm. to me, shows. So a red flag would be someone who may not have many close friends. It's a red flag. Is it a deal breaker? I don't know. Might be nice to monopolize their time. But I, <laughs> you know, as I gain more confidence, I'm like, great. I don't need a partner yeah. who has friends.
2: He got me. <laughs> he doesn't have one friend. He, one
1: friend. Have...
2: he got me. All good. That's hilarious. Yeah, like I, like when you like when you're younger you're like he doesn't have any friends, what a psycho. And then yeah. you're in your mid 30s. He doesn't have any friends. What a luxury.
1: What a what a lovely man. <laughs>
2: what a beautiful person. <laughs> uh she also sent this one, fuck it, you tried, move on.
1: Oh, man. Just, I just go back to pegging. Like, <laughs> like, hey, you tried it.
2: Move on. Ow. Ow. Slow, slow. That's what pegging is. Slow
1: down. Slow down. <laughs> Kate, is that what you and your new girlfriend did over the weekend? Yep. Yep. Is that a reenactment? Okay. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. Slow. <laughs> <laughs> Those early dating days, you'll try anything.
2: Very unclean. All over Slow it down. Slow down. Hey hey, that's uh, what I got. That's enough.
3: that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs>
2: that's enough. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. Kane, your pants aren't even off. I know. I've enough. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> UA, what do you have?
1: I saw this on a dating profile years ago. This guy's profile photo. He's wearing a shirt that says assholes have feelings too.
2: <laughs> yeah. right
1: yeah it's a fact sure it's <laughs> why they're yeah.
2: assholes their feelings are constantly being hurt that's how that's i feel hard. about assholes yeah, yeah yeah
1: so that one's nice this oh, yeah. one i saw the other day you about
3: about better about better but your dad kane
2: yeah it should yeah my dad's not a very nice person so <laughs> so i but he does have feelings he's a very sensitive man he's huge and when he'd cry it would look like um, when Jabba the Hutt would laugh. <laughs> Is that too mean? <laughs> Might be too mean. If you don't know my dad, that's too mean. Um, Does your
1: dad listen to this podcast?
2: I have no idea.
1: <laughs> There's, no way. There's, There's no, way. no way.
2: There's no way. <laughs> no way that, that he could. Because, yeah, I don't think he would. If he Periodically, I'll hear that he's tried to get a hold of me. We don't talk anymore. But periodically, I'll, I'll, someone will say, I talked to your dad. He tried to call you or whatever. And I'm like, he wouldn't call me if he's listened to any episode of this show. <laughs> he wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't try.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: Oh, I thought they tried to call you. I know he has tried. tried. I he didn't have
3: the numbers. Dialing is difficult. He tried. He did the best he could. He fell over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now is that a red flag? This guy doesn't have a dad. He doesn't have friends my God. or a dad. <laughs>
1: Oh, perfect More <laughs> for me. <laughs> I have one more. I have a few others, but I think this one is a good one. I sent this the other day. Some people are like clouds when they're gone. It's a beautiful day.
2: Oh, oh I, I like love that. that. I, I like love that. It. Wow. That's a good one. I feel like we should end on that one, but we got more. <laughs>
3: <laughs> know, that was a really good one.
2: Damn. Uh, Stop reaching out first and see how many dead flowers you've been watering.
1: What? Stop Stop reaching out first and see how many dead flowers you've been watering? (laughs) What psychopath wrote that?
2: It's from Pat's journal.
1: (laughs) Do not reach out first. Ten to dead flowers now.
2: <laughs> the what was my favorite part. What? <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. We got one in from Daria. She says, you don't have to feel sorry for loving someone no matter how it turned out. Aw.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. I mean, it's nice to love people. It's nice to feel like you love somebody. But it's it's nice when it's reciprocated. It isn't always reciprocated.
1: Yeah. That's
3: true. That's just one of those things. You're alive.
1: Right? If that makes you feel better, then go for it. Recite it. (laughs) Say it out loud.
2: We have an actual dating question specifically for UA. This one comes from Taylor Sinclair. And she wants to know, is it weird when girls make the first move?
1: Yeah, I love this question because there's just so much behind it because it comes with so many gender roles that have been internalized for years. So by Mm -hmm. asking that question, what she's asking is, do women have permission to make the first move? Is Mm -hmm. it acceptable by society to do that? I think we live now in 2021 after COVID. I feel like we reset everything, including gender roles. We were already progressing that way. But now we're like hard reset. And I feel like you just got to do you. Mm -hmm. It's not about women making the first move, men making the first move. You are in control of your life. So if you find someone interesting, you want to get to know them, it is up to you to do that, how you move that forward. Back in the day, you as a woman, you drop a handkerchief and that's how you show that you're interested in someone, hoping the man would pick up your handkerchief and then eventually, you know ask mm-hmm. you out or whatever who does that first of all who has a handkerchief and two mm-hmm. men do not pick up on those signals anymore like women cannot be passive we got to be like i like you and i want to hang out with you oh mm-hmm. okay i that's get it
3: so sad. that that's a sad statement about men what men have evolved into like true. i feel like what you're saying is absolutely true and so that should be true for men too Mm -hmm. Men should try and make something happen if they want something to happen. So they should make a move or they should do something. But that some men sit around like wallflowers waiting for people to ask them out makes me sad.
1: It's so sad. And we talk about this when you have Julie on your podcast. um, She'll talk about what we call relationship chicken. Why is it in dating and in courtship? We are constantly trying to show the least amount of interest when we're trying to date someone. I don't right. want to be the first one to text back. I don't want to be the first one to reach out. I don't want to be the first one to say, I love you. I don't want to be the first one to DTR. Why? Isn't our mm-hmm. goal to, is trying to find a partner who's going to step up with you. So but I
3: do what? think there is a kind of uh, animals do it. They circle each other. I think sometimes we're just circling each other. We're just poking a little bit and trying to figure out, is this worth, you know what I mean? Like, don't give too much too soon, too quickly, you know, hold back a little bit, you know, don't come at somebody with your need because when you're super needy, people get turned off really quickly, you know, so you do have to be careful with what you dole out at the beginning
1: just the animal circling reminds me of your whole talk about the woman who's sleeping with her snake and the snake is sizing her up just oh yeah. No, <laughs> yeah like maybe they're not circling each other they're just trying to see if they can eat each other <laughs> maybe yeah. we're reading animals all wrong
3: <laughs> yeah it could be wow But I,
1: I think there's something to be said about that. Is the circling process it's still like it's a step forward and a step forward but in human courtship, a lot of times we're trying to step backwards, hoping the other person would come forward and meet you. And it doesn't work that way. So, right. yes, we, we should still circle, but that's still movement. That's still intention that's put into that.
2: Yeah, right. Fair enough no one wants to feel turned down, but that's the fear completely. So or what's going through your mind is going through his mind. Like, I don't want to make the first move because I don't want to feel rejected. And then she's like, well, I don't want to make the first move. I'm the girl. I don't want to get rejected. Now you're sitting there and no one's doing anything. It's like you're both sitting on opposite seesaws and you're just on the ground waiting for the other one to hop on. Well, same Kane, playground.
1: I mean, you're in a new relationship, so this is so super fresh for you. How mm-hmm. did that dynamic go down? Who made the first move there? She did. <laughs> I, yeah, I, see? And I, it worked. I, I sat on my seesaw, fucking I but I was also
2: super nervous cuz I, I was really into her and I was so into her that I had like second guessing all of my decisions anyway. I also told Greg and Pat both very recently like and I think I even talked about it on the show that I don't think I wanna date it right now. I think I just wanna like be and then and then um I started talking to this girl that I was crushing on and then she started to go a little more hard in the paint and then I was just sitting there going like I was trying to get Greg and them to tell me that I'm crazy for thinking she's into me. Like prove Mm. me, prove me right. Like she's not into me. Right. And then these two and my friend Taylor were all like, stop being dumb. This chick likes you fucking give her your phone number. Stop talking on Instagram. Like you're in high school. Is that how it
1: happened through Instagram?
2: Yeah, she we were talking through Instagram and then and then it snowballed from there. And then I'd never been more nervous to give my number to anybody. And I was always someone who like oh. took it took a step with people. I always like took a step. I was like, I'll I'll ask them out, i whatever. I don't care. But for some reason I was like, this one made me really nervous. And then um, now we're talking and now we're uh now we're dating. We're in the throes of it. We're unclean, as it were.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what a beautiful story for Taylor to hear. It started with her making that first move and Mm -hmm. if she didn't who knows because you were second guessing yourself this whole time so you probably wouldn't have made that first move and then you wouldn't be fucking like rabbits today
2: absolutely thank you thank you ua not greg thank you for your support. (laughs) okay but if you really want to get
3: serious about this kane the person who made the very first move was me that's not
2: fucking that's not cool man (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, you can still follow me on Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you can still follow me on Venmo. I'm still over there. <laughs> I'm kind of tearing it up. My link in bio will take you right to Venmo. <laughs>
1: Greg, what what is this one transaction to someone for pegging? Just you know, like of that stuff. You just got to keep private.
3: <laughs> I you know I always forget who can see that. if you wanted to explain that to me and matt gates we'd both be in better shape
2: (laughs) oh shit yeah follow greg on venmo at greg dash barrett yeah add me a friend send me 10 bucks i don't care send them 10 bucks send them 15 send them 20 whatever if you need five bucks i got it He's yeah, Vemo request
1: him. Why are you? Yeah, don't pay Greg. Vemo request yeah. him.
2: You can also have Greg pay you if, if that's the case. Twenty yeah. bucks, five bucks, ten bucks, eleven. Let's do it in one dollar increments. Let's work our <laughs> way up.
1: You can so
3: let me hold there. your money for a couple of months and then ask for it back, like Woman did. <laughs> yeah. Can I have? $10? She gave me ten bucks and then she really needed the ten back. I gave it to her.
2: <gasps> i love that that's so funny
1: greg you should do a segment of who venmos greg the most in the week because nobody knows it's like an auction and then whoever venmos you the most they get a shout out
2: Ooh, yeah that's a great (laughs) idea steve (laughs) ag
3: all right hi greg long time listener first time messenger question Why do most of the dating suggestions for people fifty and over show a pic of an eighty-year-old person? (laughs) Year I turned fifty last year, and I suddenly thrust into elderliness. (laughs) One day you still got it; the next day you're the creepy old lady at the bar winking at the (laughs) way too young men. According to a younger group, not that I'm winking at anyone, but you get the point, I'm sure. (laughs) How are you perceived after fifty? I was unprepared. Much love. Well, I haven't dated after 50, so I have no idea. Like, I can't imagine. That sucks, though, to get the picture of it. Oh, is it Bad Pat? Yes, it's terrible.
2: Is <laughs> it terrible? Terrible. terrible. Love do you get suggestions
3: know. for older women a lot?
2: I do. I do. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not, you're basically invisible after 50. So, shit. Yeah. Damn.
1: Something to look <laughs> forward to. 50 is a strange age, isn't it? I'm 40, and I feel like when I turn 50, I will still feel like I'm, I'm in my 40s. But there's a big jump between 40 and 50. All of a sudden, 50, you're considered in the older group when your mentality probably hasn't changed that much. So I can see where Laurel's having an identity crisis here because, mm-hmm. yes, the dating sides probably want to market to someone who's like, look, there's still a chance when you're older but to her, she's like, no, I still look like I'm fucking 30. Don't mark right. it to me like I'm 80. Yeah, I can only imagine
3: the guy she's getting.
2: Yeah, just like the Monopoly guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, that's fascinating.
2: Yeah, it's got to be tough. I feel like we had a workshop and we had a woman that was in her 60s complaining about the same kind of thing, trying to figure out what mm. she should do. And we suggested that it now, especially with like dating, dating apps suck for people at any age. I was on the dating apps for a little bit. It either sucks or you meet people. I don't know. Have you done the the apps UA at all?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For years.
2: This is how I felt about it for the short time that I was in it. It <laughs> felt like whenever I matched, I couldn't get excited about that person. And almost like it was in intangibility. In Even though I met them in real life, I still like at the date, I didn't feel any nerves. I didn't feel any butterflies. I just was like, because I have such a detachment from the internet that meeting someone on the internet doesn't feel real to me. So I can't then get it up for the date. So then with that mentality, I was like, I can't do this shit. Did you ever feel like that?
1: Well, also because you think the whole world is pining after you. That's what the dating apps makes you feel like you Mm -hmm. walk into a bar and everybody wants you. Because if you look at the photos, you swipe through the photos and every photo is someone making eye contact with you, whether whether that's real or not. Right. So it's hard to get excited because you're not zero in in on people. You just keep thinking there are so many options out there. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem with the dating apps. That's what makes them sticky is that you want to be on to look at all your options. But once an option does match with you, it leaves you wondering, what else can I do better? But I agree with that disconnect. What is interesting about the dating apps for older folks, I hate saying that, it's not really older folks, is all of a sudden when you get to 50 as a woman, it's probably men in their 80s who are looking for women in their 50s. (laughs) right? Uh Yeah. As a man in your 50s, you could have 20, 30-year-olds looking up to 50. So it's a different pool of people you're getting. I have a close friend who turned 50. She was on the dating apps. She's like, I'm getting guys whose profile photos are of like their nose because they don't know how to take selfies because they're so damn old. You know, she's oh like, these God. are these are people who are crippled or people who are on life support and she's like, no, literally. These are 80, 90-year-old men who are messaging me.
2: Oh no. Oh. And it
1: is extremely demoralizing because she yeah. is still a hot woman in her 50s. So I totally get this transition. And for the dating apps too, because you kind of feel like for us, we can say it looks like there's a lot of options for her. She felt like this is is showing me the least amount of options I can possibly have. She just kept thinking, is this what I have now? This is my choices.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. That's Really depressing.
3: It is depressing. And especially if you want to flirt with younger guys or if you want to open yourself up to that world, there are people that like older people. There are women that like older men. There are men that like older women. Mm -hmm. You know, they're out there. So you just got to kind of hang in there, I think.
1: I feel like we complain about the dating apps, but the dating apps are just a tool. You either use them to your advantage or you don't. And for her, I feel like the dating apps are toxic for her and they're not making her feel good about herself. So she should remove herself and get herself out of that environment and go out and meet people in real life. Because it sounds like like she's hilarious. She's all charismatic. She Mm -hmm. can meet men just fine in real life
3: yeah I bet you can now that we have an assemblage of real life coming back now do that
1: and she should wink at everybody come on what's wrong with winking
2: everybody likes to be winked out <laughs> go ahead wink at us send us a yeah. wink ob- emoji on Instagram <laughs> ain't
1: nothing wrong with that
2: yeah winking oh. is
1: great
2: uh, if you can wink don't wink if you can't wink just yeah. like the British accent guy you can't oh, yeah. wink don't be throwing winks out
1: it's one eye not both eyes it's yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't blink at people. (laughs) Reddit remix. (coughs) Reddit remix. My fiance bought my engagement ring on Groupon and I don't know how to feel about it. (laughs) Hey guys. So my fiance and I have been together for about two and a half years. right around New Year's he proposed. We both live paycheck to paycheck. Our parents are incredibly generous. Planning on paying for the majority of the wedding. The problem is that he got my engagement ring on Groupon for $28. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. When you read the price, <laughs> it makes it so much worse. Oh, no. It's lovely to look at three diamond ish stones in a row. <laughs> <on> a... <laughs> ish. Okay. Uh, A silver-colored band, but it's two sizes too big and turns my finger green. Oh, (laughs) no. (laughs) Come on.
1: Come on. Oh, my
2: God. (laughs) I've asked him to resize it or just buy a new one in the right size, since that would probably make more sense given the price of the whole ring. But... Who knows when that will happen? I had told him before he proposed, since we had talked about marriage, that I would never want him to spend a crazy amount of money on an engagement ring. Wow, he took that to heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was in the context of people paying five to $10,000 for one, which I think is ridiculous. But I guess I just thought the symbol of our everlasting love would be a little more significant. I feel like a jerk for being bummed out about it would love some feedback
0: oh
1: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i mean i just kept thinking like maybe it's not a diamond ring but i didn't realize it would turn her finger green
2: no no
1: and how did she find out that he bought it on groupon i wonder if he confessed
2: yeah he told her this ring is too big and it turns my finger green where'd you get groupon <laughs>
1: can you take it back to the jeweler no no refunds
2: absolutely no refunds it's groupon (laughs) it's got three diamondish stones three sort of (laughs) that's insane you could feel bad about that I wouldn't mind it. I don't hold any credence in that kind of stuff, diamond rings or whatnot. Uh, I feel like it's all sort of arbitrary, but, you know, people put their feelings into things like this, but into the idea of having like a big wedding is very important to some people. It's not something that I really care about, but pe- some people do. And so if to have a nice engagement ring, when you're living paycheck to paycheck might be like something that's aspirational. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's where in my head, I'm thinking like, just don't do it yet. Like, just don't get married yet. If you don't have the money to get a ring and he's got to (laughs) go dumpster diving, then it's like, maybe you're not ready. Cause I feel like the entire idea of wedding, when you put a, if you put a number, a dollar amount on the wedding night and your marriage as a whole. And you can't reach that independent. Uh, if you can't do that yourself, to, if you guys together with your finances can't do that, then you're just not ready to get married. Doesn't mean you're not ready yeah. to spend your life together. Yeah. You're just not ready to get married. That's all that means. And so I think it's okay to be bummed out about it. But I think this should be your like wake up moment to be like, oh, we don't have anything to be able to pull this off.
1: Yeah. It sounds like a classic case of miscommunication.
3: But $28 really says, I don't care either. (laughs) Yeah. You don't care? I don't care. I don't care. Like, if I thought a $5,000 wedding ring would be too much, I'd do something in the hundreds. Mm -hmm. Right. Or I'd find a gold band or something, something significant, something that had some sort of meaning, as opposed to like, well, this looks like a wedding ring. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's the thing. I want to know what she communicated to him exactly. Because I've been guilty of this. I don't care about Valentine's Day. We don't need to go out for dinner. I don't need roses. Comes Valentine's Day, nothing happens. I'm like, why didn't he do anything for Valentine's Day? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women have what we call like cool girl syndrome. We just want to be cool about it. Like, no big deal. I don't need a fancy diamond ring. I don't need a fancy wedding. But internally, we're kind of saying, I still want something that's meaningful. I do want a diamond or I do want something to symbolize long lasting love. Some men can take all of that very literally. And maybe he just heard, I don't really care about the ring. Just get me a ring. Okay, mm-hmm. well, then I'll get you a ring. He didn't go to Walmart. At least he researched and he went on Groupon. It's yeah. very financially responsible. I will also say it could be a lot worse. I had a friend who got married to someone who he spent 10 grand on her engagement ring. It's a beautiful ring. After they got married, she inherited all his debt. The man was $50,000 in debt. So not only oh, was she no. paying off her engagement ring, she was also paying off his student loans. She was also helping pay off all the dates he had taken all the other women out on because he lived this very lavish lifestyle. Oh. So it could be a lot worse, right?
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Lisa, just turn your finger green. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, like that's some bad silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's not silver. <laughs> that's it's not classic. silver, right.
1: Yeah. But how do, I, does he know, though? I, do men know that bad quality rings can turn your fingers green? I don't. It, OK,
2: <laughs> well, I, I used to wear rings. <laughs> okay, so, you, you
1: know, when it's yeah. cheap, it does turn your finger green. Maybe yeah. some I, I'm always giving people benefit of the doubt. Maybe they just had no idea. Thought it was a really good deal. Looked pretty, sparkly, good enough.
3: Every boy has had some kind of toy ring that he put on that made his finger green.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Okay. Some
3: kind of superhero ring, some kind of something. Yeah. You
2: know. Yeah. I don't think you're ready. That's what I feel. You're not ready for it. Throw that ring back at him. Get me three diamonds. Give me one diamond. Don't give me (laughs) ish diamonds. (laughs) UA, where can everybody find your stuff?
1: They can go to dateablepodcast.com. That's where everything is. And they can also find us on Instagram at dateablepodcast.
2: Awesome. If you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash DTBFFpodcast. Follow us at DTBFFpodcast on Instagram. You can also email in the show at DTBFFpodcast at gmail.com. And you can call in the show. What's that number, Pat? That number is 323-379-5544. And uh, don't take bullshit from fuckers. Fuck em. <laughs> Hey there. If you like the show, you can find bonus episodes and more at our Patreon at patreon.com slash DTBFF podcast. And then rate the show five stars on iTunes because it's the right thing to do. All music by the Rating Monarchs. Produced by Patrick Kelly.